everyone, and welcome to the Asher Marketing Podcast. I'm Anthony Giuliano, and my guest this week is Lindsay Whitesell. Lindsay, how you doing? Hi, I am doing great. How are you doing? I'm doing great, and thank you for joining us all the way from Denver. How's everything in Colorado today? It is beautiful out. It is great here. Weather's changing a little bit, but not a whole lot. All right. Well, I am envious of where you are in the world. I've only been to Denver once, but it was a great time and hope to get back there sometime. Well, I want to dive right in because you have a really fascinating story. And one of the things you and I discussed before we hit record is the fact that you're somewhat unique to this podcast in that you're not a full-time marketer, although marketing is one of the many roles that you play with the organizations you work for. And I want to start at the very beginning. And as it turns out, from what I understand, your story goes way back. The reason you have an interest in the field that you're in started when you were a child, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about that. So uh, my first memory is a migraine. I had chronic and daily migraine at least from the time I was four. And my father had a similar history. So migraine is in my family. It's ingrained in my family. And to be honest, I have a son who was diagnosed as chronic when he was seven. So, um, so I knew from a very early age that I that I really wanted to make a difference in the pain world, in the migraine world. Um, but I, no one was doing that when I started grad school. Um, so it was not a straight path forward. My career was definitely not a straight path. Sure. So you were somewhat fortunate in that you had a parent who recognized that this this wasn't, to use a bad pun, all in your head, that this was a real issue and required some real intervention. What, what did that look like for you? How did you first start to get a diagnosis and first start to deal with the effects of migraine? Well, it, this is, that's a very interesting question. I'm glad you asked that because I lived in a small town and um, in back then, you know, we didn't know that much about migraine, especially not in children. So my father thought he had sinus headaches his whole life. Mm-hmm. He assumed I had sinus headaches. He did take me to a lot of doctors who all told me I had sinus headaches. And so I did not have a migraine diagnosis until I was 17 years old. And they came out with sumatriptan, which was a drug for migraine. They gave me a sumatriptan injection. It helped me. And they said, oh, perhaps this headache you have every day is migraine. So I went from age four to age 17 without anyone really telling me what I had. Now, I read books and I was pretty sure I had migraine. I don't know at what point, but um, I really didn't have a diagnosis till I was 17 years old. Okay. And and this has been the focus of your career. Was that true right from the start? My understanding, and, and this is what LinkedIn tells me, so correct me if this is wrong. My understanding is that you went to Penn State University, correct? I went to Colorado State for undergrad, Penn State for my master's, and huh. CU for my PhD. Aha. Uh-huh. Okay. So Colorado State, what was your college major and was it related to the field you ended up in or did you take a take a turn at some point? So it's somewhat related. I found that of what was offered there, um, the courses that seemed most, had the most physiology and things um, were in the nutrition department. And so that was where I went. I got my first two degrees actually in nutrition. Okay. 
And then you continued on to a PhD. Mm-hmm. And what was that work like? I, as someone who has done two master's degrees but not a PhD, it terrifies me to think of the workload, especially in a field uh, like the one you're in. What was that work like and how did that help you sort of refine your interest in, in the field and where you ended up working? So it was super interesting when I was getting my PhD. It was a very new program. And um, we had jobs. We worked full, the very first few of us that, that started this program, we worked full time, uh, okay. like had a real job on the side. And that I think was really good for me because I, ha- I got so much experience. Uh, I worked in very uh, clinical research uh, jobs, um, mostly in oncology. And I think that was great for me. And it has actually helped me a lot in my career because there is this interesting if you've ever read any of the articles i write there is something very interesting you can learn about uh pain medicine when you have worked in the oncology field i don't know how to put it but there is so much to be learned um, from that oncology exposure and so i'm so glad i did that so i i did the uh, research jobs and then i also got my phd at the same time and i i did spend most of my time in oncology and it was a lot of work but there is something about uh pain that drives you (laughs) when you're constantly in pain um two things can happen it's either the kind of pain where you can't get off the couch or the kind of pain where you're it's like you're on fire and you need to stop drop and roll and through those years it was for me it was like i was on fire and i was just constantly working to distract myself from the pain Sure, sure. Well, and, you know, a different motivation than many professionals have, if we're being honest. I mean, a, a lot of the folks I talk to, they're, they're deeply passionate about the work they do, but they don't have the personal connection to it that you do. So I'm sure that's a driver as well. Well, let's talk Let's talk a little bit about the work you do, because as we discussed, again, before we hit record, you have a you're kind of a blissfully complex professional life. You do a lot of different things. So mm-hmm. tell us some of the things you're involved in and how those all come together in, in your career. Right. So I do I do wear a number of hats in the migraine community. And, and I say that as you're right. I'm very lucky. It is so much fun. Um, I'm blessed to be able to do that. I think the one that is just standing out in my mind right now, because it's it's so awesome. Right. The second is I um, I'm the podcast and webcast host for the National Headache Foundation. I have been doing that for a few years and we had 132 episodes uh, of the webcast that were called Heads Up, and we have just relaunched and changed the name, and we are now called Forehead Sake, and we have our first episode out, and I'm super excited about that. So it's both an audio uh, podcast and a video webcast online, and our first episode, I absolutely love it because it answers so many questions that every person who has had migraine has. Um, our guest is Amelia Scott Barrett. She's a board-certified neurologist, and she is so smart and so entertaining to listen to. And we answer the question of why does my head hurt so bad, and why do I have this migraine? But then we pull in the genetic component, and even though it is genetic, we talk about why we can get better. And so I think everyone can pull from this inaugural episode of Forehead's Sake. I love it. Um, So it's it's out there, and we will have all the episodes up – 
on audio and um, through Facebook and social media and and uh, on the webcast too. So I'm really excited about it. Well, great. And and I want to ask you a couple marketing-ish questions and you yeah. are very welcome to pass on these, but you've piqued my curiosity in a couple of different ways. Do you know what motivated the name change for the podcast? What what the thinking <laughs> was there? Well, it is a little bit funny actually. So the, the webcast, you know, was, was doing really great. And, um, the audio, we don't turn everything into audio. So we have way more webcast, uh, videos than we do audio. And we noticed that someone was using our name on Uh, audio. Yeah. Uh And, uh, so someone else, uh, must've liked what we were doing in video (laughs) and they had taken it and made their own audio podcast. And so we decided to go ahead and change the name. And so that you could find us on audio easier because okay. um, that it made that easier. So now it's easier to find us on audio and video um, with the new name for Head's Sake. Okay. And when I was doing my research coming into the conversation, I did look at the YouTube channel and and listen to a couple episodes, and I noticed okay. you have you have a really impressive following. Has that always been the case? And are there any secrets to a to a lesser podcast host like myself that you would recommend <laughs> for getting the word out there? I think that um, I honestly think that what makes us likable is is a I make sure that I go find the answers to the questions that aren't already out there. Uh, we have there's just so much information on migraine out there that uh, you know there's this drug, there's that drug. You know, there's these triggers, stay away from the sun. There's there's stuff that's all over there. And I'm like, well, if you've had migraine every day or a lot of migraine in your life and this kind of stuff isn't working, this stuff you've read online over and over and over, what is it you want to know? And then I come at it from the perspective of someone who I get it. I spent half my, well, over half my life there. I had daily migraine until I was 30. And so, and then I bring on the person that's going to say a lot of stuff you've never heard before. And so that's how I come at it. And and I think people, as long as people know we're there, I think they're going to love what we have to say. Um, well, and I really bring on people who are experts in the nation. They're really well-known people and they know what they're talking about. And I ask them some hard questions. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if I would want to be a guest on the podcast. <laughs> I ask a lot of hard questions. Um, and sometimes I warn them ahead of time so they can go look for data, but I ask sure. them really hard questions. So, um, I think that's why people like to, like to listen. All right. Well, I'll have to start that with the next guest asking more, more difficult <laughs> questions, but I'll keep it easy for you. So, um, we talked about your work as a podcast host. What are some of the other ways that you're raising awareness about migraine? Some of the other things you're doing? Yeah. So I write, uh, I write a lot of, uh, they're, they're medical articles, they go online, but they're written from the patient viewpoints. So they are, you know, this is what it was like for me. And then I go get the medical data, the scientific data, and I tell people, I educate people. And I write, I do that a lot for different companies, different foundations. Um, I also have my own foundation where I have a patient navigator program where we navigate people with migraine to vetted resources in the community. Um, And that is really close to my heart. We are just launching that now. 
Um, I do a lot of things in the community. Uh, I talk to people that have really debilitating migraine that are really having a hard time if they do need some one-on-one -on -one help. I do that a little bit. I don't do that a whole lot, but I do that some. Um, so I definitely um, do a little bit of everything in our community wherever I do think I can be of, of, of service, of help. Great. Well, and, and what's the need right now? You know, you mentioned you went through most of your childhood without a clinical diagnosis. Is that pretty rare today or is it still pretty common? And are there people, yeah. are there a great deal, no, great number of people out there who need the information you have, but may not even know they need it? Yeah. So that is why when I talk about that, I launched a patient navigator program. That's part of why we don't have very many headache specialists in our country at all. And we have millions of people with migraine or another headache disease, and they might not know exactly what they have. So um, there's many reasons that people don't even know what they have. Like they may have someone in their family who has horrible migraine disease, and they may just have a small headache every day, so they think they're fine. You know, there's there's all sorts of, of reasons. and Or they just weren't helped for years, and so they won't go back to the doctor, which is the thing that I think I run into the most. And sure. so, um, yeah, we are still in a place where people are underdiagnosed, and they are definitely undertreated. Um, so we, it's a huge problem, and that is why um, I felt like this patient navigator program was so important. I feel like the education through the podcast, the outreach through the podcast is something that I feel is hugely important. The National Headache Foundation does other things besides the podcast. They do, um, they have outreach for people that are in college. They have outreach that's specific for uh, work programs. It's called Work Migraine, where uh, employers can learn about how to help their employees because there's so much absenteeism because people have migraine. So there's a lot of things out there where we are learning, we're teaching people how to help themselves. And um, it's very different than the world that I grew up in. Sure, sure. It sounds like it. So your work with the National Headache Foundation sounds very collaborative. I guess you could say that at some point in your career, they could have been a competitor, but you've chose to kind of, you know, team up with them. And, and what's that been like working with the folks at the National Headache Foundation? So it's it's wonderful. So we I think that one of the things that it, you have to learn when you work in a space like this is if you make it competitive, it's not going to work. Mm -hmm. um, there are a few foundations and, and you can see that the ones that work together are quite successful. Um, and if you don't work together, it doesn't work. Um, we all have a common goal. We try not to replicate each other's programs um, because that would be silly. We sure. are all trying to help the same group of people. And um, so working together as a group of foundations or people that do migraine outreach, I think is really important. Uh, we don't want to reinvent the wheel. We want to make sure that uh, we are all helping people with migraine and people with headache disorders. And I think that we all work very well together. Um, so it is an interesting, interesting question. Uh, yeah. I'm glad you asked it because when you, when you don't work together, you can see how things start to not go well. Sure. Uh, and you can see other diseases where that's happened um, and other, you know, other foundations and other areas. 
Well, I think that's a great perspective. Um, and, you know, to see someone actually back that up with action is rare. I hear a lot of people talk a good game about being more collaborative than competitive, but you're actually doing it. So kudos to you and the folks at the National Headache Foundation. <laughs> uh, well, I want to move into a few more um, quick hit questions, some things about you and your organization and the work you do that, uh, or maybe the questions are a little more succinct. The answers don't have to be. You've had a very successful career. You've had a very focused career while also having that uh, live itself out in a number of different ways. What's the one best piece of advice you have for someone when it comes to career success, building a fulfilling career, all those things? Wow. That, um, that really, to me, what's coming to my mind, it comes down to, gosh, this sounds lame, but I'm going to throw out there finding your niche. What do mm -hmm. you have to offer that isn't already out there? Yeah. Um, because there's going to be, there's people out there that are doing the same thing over and over again, same thing over and over again. And what is, what are you offering that they didn't already do? Yeah. And that's usually, if you're really following your heart and you're doing your own thing, that will automatically happen in my yeah. experience. Yeah. Well, and it's another thing that's changed over the years because there was a time when you could be almost too niche, but today there's an audience for almost anything. So right. congratulations to you in finding yours and sticking to something specific <laughs> because a lot of us, uh, myself included, tend to be more generalists, but uh, you can go into a lot more depth when you find your field and find that interest. Yeah, I, I think that it's so... Um you know, online these days, it, you get so much put into your head that it's easy to accidentally even follow someone else because things are stuck in your eye. I accidentally used someone else's phrase one day only because I, I had read it and it yeah. was an accident. So there's things, it's just, it's easy to accidentally follow someone sure. else. So you just got to, if you just kind of stay true to yourself and your vision, I think that it's, 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 you know, then you're automatically in a niche because you know we were all made different and that that's how i feel about it sure sure well well speaking of that uh amount of information that's available today that leads me to the second quick hit question what is one thing that you think is either underappreciated about the field you're in or a myth or misconception that you want to clear up something that needs a little bit more attention either in terms of amplification or something that's out there that just isn't true oh so it's definitely the severity of the disease. So I think that people, um, there's, there's a couple of things they assume. They think it's either just a headache, that migraine's just a headache, or they know someone who takes a trip down, meaning uh, a medication to abort migraine, and then they're fine and they go back to work. And, and so they think that's what migraine is. They think it's just something that shows up a little bit and you can take a medicine and you're fine. And, and there's so many people out there whose lives are just obliterated by migraine. And, and most people do not understand that. And I think we need to get that out there. And what concerns me is we often get it out there in a very uh, almost victimization way. So mm -hmm. we sometimes we go too far the other way. People with migraine are victims. It's sad. We're a mess. We're all depressed and anxious, you know, and I think that we need to find a middle ground, get out there how bad this disease is, that it can take our lives from us, our work, our ability to parent, et cetera, you know, but maybe try not to make us all look like victims is, 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 is my goal. 
Yeah, well, and, and one of the things that was fascinating to me in one of the episodes that I watched was related to the impact of nutrition. I guess I should have known how much of a difference maker that could be, mm-hmm. but I'm at least, you know, a focus group of one that didn't make the connection between nutrition and migraine. So that is, it's so funny that you bring that up because I'm guessing you were watching the episode with Amelia Scott Barrett. Yes. Okay. She is one of my best friends. I adore her. And I have the two degrees in nutrition, and I'm one of those people they have really had to convince me that nutrition was oh, going to wow. make a difference in my migraine because I had tried so many times and it sure. didn't make a difference. But sure. it's almost like as I got better and I got to the point where I could finally get to where nutrition was making a difference, right? Yeah. So, so I get it now. But it took years for people to convince me. So, so it is an interesting thing. Some people who are really, really sick are not at that point yet sure. where they w- are willing to listen to that message. So, interesting. so I love that you said that. Yeah, it yeah. can be hard because if it's failed for you in the past, you know, you might not want to listen to that message for a little while and try something else. <laughs> sure. Well, it's, it's, it's good for you in your career that there's a lot of myths and misconceptions that need to be cleared up, but hopefully right. you can make a dent in the universe over time. Right. Um, last quick hit question is a little bit of an outlier, but I'd like you to tell us something you use in your work, a tip, a trick, a hack, a tool, whatever you want to call it, that is a difference maker for you that makes you better, makes you more productive, something that you think deserves a little more attention. The only thing that comes to mind might sound a little weird. So being someone who has migraine and is a patient and then does outreach and education and and the podcast, et cetera, I am in the patient groups, for example, on Facebook. Mm -hmm. And I am able, they are nice enough to let me share this work, like the podcast or what Mm -hmm. I write in the patient groups. And that is a hack that I think, I don't know if everyone is in a position where they're able to do that. Um, That is something that has really worked for me um, because I'm able to wear both shoes Mm -hmm. um, and, um, and, and sharing in Facebook groups has, I think it's really made a big deal for my outreach and, and my ability for, for people to see, see my work. And to see what the National Headache Foundation is doing with the podcast. And and so, and just the fact that the groups are letting me do it. Yeah. And I think they let me do it because I am a patient. So yeah. that's a hack that um, has been a big deal for me. Well, and I think that's great. And it's it's sort of a rare position to be in. I think a lot of times in the health community, you know, just today I saw a sports medicine doc about a, a knee that's been giving me trouble for a few months. And, you know, there's some part of me that was looking across the table saying, you know, you're healthy, you're young, you can't, you can't walk in my shoes, um, Uh which probably isn't fair, even if it is accurate. You're in a very different position where you can talk to people peer to peer in a way that's going to give you more credibility. And I think they're more likely to listen to the advice you have as a result. Right, right. I, I hope so. And it's something I've noticed I really do have to repeat because People who are really sick often, if they if I haven't said it in that podcast, don't believe that I've been where they are. 
Um, and so I, I often repeat it and I'm like, gosh, it's ad nauseum. I bet people are so tired of hearing I had daily migraine from the time I was four till I was 30. Um, but if I don't repeat it, people just don't believe that. Um, and so, uh, because I'm, you know, I'm able to sit here and talk and, and, and do this type of work. Um, and they are often at home on disability. And so it's something that I say as often as I can. Yeah, well, and I think sometimes we forget our own stories. We forget to amplify them, um, but it's a big world, and there's a lot of people who don't know those backstories and why we're motivated to do what we do. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. Well, see what we did. We started out telling people this wasn't going to be about marketing, and we ended up talking about Facebook groups. <laughs> How do you like that? I feel like I should ask you why you do marketing. <laughs> uh, the reason I do marketing is I've always loved storytelling. I, I was the world's worst college student. My GPA, my first semester of college, and this is probably a story that the listeners of this podcast are sick of hearing, but I'll, in the interest of taking my own medicine, I'll tell the story again. Um, I was the world's worst college student. I had a 0.64, not 3.64, not 2.64, 0.64 GPA after my first semester of college wow. and had no idea what I wanted to do, but took a writing class a few semesters in after almost getting thrown out of a college that's impossible to get thrown out of, had a writing teacher tap me on the shoulder and say, there's something here. You're actually a decent writer. Do this and this and stop doing this, this and this. And that was the first positive feedback I ever had academically. So an English major I became. But really, I think what's always been at the root of that is I love telling stories. I love hearing people's stories. It's honestly the thing that I love most about this podcast is, is hearing the stories of real people and the work they do. So um, other than that, I'm useless to the world. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a serviceable writer. I'm a decent public speaker. And I'm a good problem solver about communication stuff. Other than that, I can't do much else. So that's why I do what I do. Interesting. Well, that that's actually, what a great teacher. Well, When they say teachers can change lives, there you go. Well, and, and you've been a great guest because I try to hide on this side of the conversation where I don't get asked those questions. So you're the first to do it. So congratulations and thanks for doing that. And that's why I'm a podcast host. <laughs> that's I'm right. Asking the questions. That's right. That's right. Well, thanks for turning the tables on me. And thanks for doing this. I really appreciate hearing your story. Lindsay, if people want to learn more about you and the work that you do, where's the best place for them to find that information? Well, I have a website. It's lindsayweitzel.com with, of course, the spelling of my last name is a joke that God's <laughs> played on me. It's W-E-I-T-Z-E-L. Okay. Uh, yes, I also have a Facebook group uh, and on the podcast is in there. It goes in there on all sorts of stuff goes in there. It's a support group. It's called Migraine Nation and that's on Facebook. You can also find the podcast um, if you go to headaches.org. Um, that's the NHF website and every podcast we've done is there, but you can also go to Stitcher or any of the places that you get your podcast to hear the audio, um, too. So those are a few places that, uh, you can go to see my work. Excellent. And the new name of the podcast is for head's sake, correct? Head's sake, yes. All right, great. Well, everyone, your reward for listening to this episode of the podcast is the opportunity to listen to more podcast episodes exactly. of another podcast. Exactly. Well, Lindsay, thanks. You've been a great guest. I really appreciate it. And thanks to everyone who took the opportunity to listen to this episode of the Asher Marketing Podcast. We'll be back next week with another great guest, and we hope you'll join us then. Bye.